Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. So, how's it going? It's it's going. I feel like when we recorded Sunday's episode, I specifically left things out so that I would tell you things mm-hmm. about my week on this episode, mm-hmm. only now I don't have any idea what any of them oh. were. Mm-hmm. Well, I have some things I can tell you. Um, I don't know if you saw on the Instagram, but I went and saw Scream. Oh. Very horror and sci-fi. It's horror. It's our uh, keeping up with the kids these days. <laughs> I don't know. It's the first cream I've ever seen. It was excellent, though. Um, and I saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Tuesday, and I'd never seen it before. It I really did good. see that. Did you see both parts? It's only one part now. Oh. They cut it down. It's three and a half hours in one part. That's horrible. It's very strange. So I don't know what the first was like because I never saw it. Oh, I didn't either, but I read the book and I'm trying to figure out how they made it into one part after reading the book. And I I also read the book. They just rushed through some scenes. Oh, okay. That's what they did. Um, but like the storyline was still the same, but it was just like rushed through. Um, and I uh, bartended for the first time this week. Well, oh, first, yeah. first. Yep. Um, which is why it is almost 11 o'clock at night and I am tired because we've been so slow at the bar that they've been putting one server one bartender on every night and so I worked with Owen last night and um he went on his break and Tara was like my manager was like oh you can watch the bar I was like you know I've never been behind a bar she was like yeah it's not rocking sides it'll be fine she was like if you need like cocktails that you don't know how to make Owen can make them I was like okay well I don't know how to make them so (laughs) he'll have to um and then we got hella busy and I ended up staying behind the bar and watching the front of the house and he watched the back and it was busy and I hope we made good money because I worked until after midnight I got home at 1 a.m and then had to be at my next job at 9 a.m and now it is 11 p.m Correct. And uh, I have to be up for my writing group tomorrow at 10 a.m. <gasps> That's my other thing. <laughs> Big news. <laughs> um, I sent over the ending to my book to my writing group today. Yay. And it has a lot of editing that it needs. But my story is finished. And I have been working on this book for a little over a year. I started in November twenty. 20 and i've been meeting my group for a little over a year and i have finished Yay. it's seventy-eight thousand words i actually have to be up even earlier than that tomorrow because i have no. to be at work by 8 15 at the school because tomorrow oh. tomorrow is our future cities competition so um, I know we've talked about what the Future Cities competition mm-hmm. is on the podcast before, but so the actual competition day, the kids have already written the essay, they've already made the model, mm-hmm. they already made their video, and tomorrow we have a Zoom call 
with like a bunch of different actual engineers and stuff who will be asking them questions about how they did things and what their oh, ideas for the city are. And we've got like um, kids who are prepped to like present and answer questions for the presenting. And we're going to have um, uh, one of the moms is doing coffee and donuts and for breakfast. She's my, my favorite parent. Like I have favorite students, but she's my favorite of the parents and mm-hmm. she's great. She was like, she texted me today and was like, do you want me to bring pop tomorrow too? And I was like, well, another mom already sent pop in to go with the pizza for lunch at the end of the competition. She's like, it's okay. I'm at target. I'll grab some more. <laughs> okay. You do that. I, I love it. Um, so parents are sending food and stuff for the kids and oh, they're, so nice. it'll be good. And then it'll be over and I will only have one extracurricular that I'm running on my plate. Nice. <laughs> Your show. Because when is the show? Um, first weekend in April. Oh. Yes. That's so exciting. So I will just begin. I will be able to focus more on the musical because I won't have deadlines for this engineering happening. Yeah. But yeah. So I, that was, I was like, I knew there was something. It's because I have my competition tomorrow. That's my, my, my competition. It's not my competition. I, one of, one of the, <laughs> my aunt today, she was like, are the kids ready? My, the, my aunt, who's also a teacher, she was like, are the kids ready for the competition? Like, how did everything end up turning out? And I go, well, I mean, the essay is not what I would have turned in, but I'm not in middle school. Sometimes, Fair. sometimes I get a little frustrated, and then I have to remember, of co- of course, they're not going to do things that that I would do. I'm not twelve, right? <laughs> like that is accurate. Yeah, and she goes, "Yeah, no, it's good to remember that. If you're a another friend running the club, could remember that too. That'd be great." He's um, he's special. Yeah. So. But yeah, so it'll be great. It'll be good. Nice. Then, yeah. So, but I work, because of that, I work tomorrow. And then I work at Shay's on Sunday. So I don't have a day off this week. I am thankfully off on Sunday. I'm supposed to go to book club brunch. We have not read a book in six months or longer. But we're going to have brunch, basically. Great. (laughs) And, uh, but I do work all day tomorrow because I was supposed to come in at five and then um my friend Becca is sick she's in the hospital oh no um yeah it's not great um but she's fine kind of and um so she couldn't work in the morning obviously and so Tara asked me if I could come in at noon I was like I have a meeting that starts at 10 I was like the earliest I can guarantee to be there is 1 30 I was like but if I get done earlier, I will come earlier. Yeah. Great. And then I'll be there till at least 11. Fantastic. So I'll be tired. I will not be not tired until the future. I don't know. I work. I only have one day. I work next week. It's Thursday because we have a huge party. We're having a Bravo party. Oh, they're doing something at town hall with Bravo and fantastic. Town hall is literally like backs up to our building. <laughs> so Very nice. I um, will also have no time next week that I'm not tired I because, again, I have no weekend this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then next week, I 
obviously have five days of school and I work at the theater once and then I have drama after school every day and there are two basketball games next week because you know you teach middle school and then you have middle school boys and then they want you to go to their basketball games and right I probably won't go to all of the games but like the one just kidding I will go to all of the games let's be honest because that's the kind of person I am um so yeah so Monday is a basketball game Thursday I work and Friday is a basketball game so it's gonna be it's gonna be a week and people are driving those stupid, like, motorbike scooters I down my street. Them. Okay, good. You could hear that one. Last time there was weird things driving loud. down my... Last time there was weird things driving down my street. I, only I could hear it. Yes. Um, Sam, um, I'm tired. I'm cold. But I'm not unhappy. Which well, is, that's good. I'm same. Same. Yeah. I'm tired and cold and not unhappy. That's a good description. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a like pretty decent way to live. I think so. I like to be cold. Um, well, talking about decent ways to live, let's talk about some death. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where oh. you're going with the segue, but I like it. Yes. So um, this is not where my notes start. There we go. <laughs> so we watched Dead Like Me. Season two, episode six, and it's called Very Naturally an Escrow. Mm-hmm. There. <laughs> that is where we are. We are in escrow. Um, yes. It came out on August 29th, 2004, which is very close to my father's birthday. It is August 27th. Ooh. Um, score was 8.1 out of 10. So, so far we have gone down 0.1 the past three episodes. Yeah. Which like eh, happens. Um, Number one song was unfortunately the same song you already said. I get so stoked every week. It's lean back again. I get so stoked and I'm like, I can't wait to tell you what the song is. And then it's your song first. (laughs) Every time. But then I listened to it for like four times in a row. I was like, I haven't heard this song in forever. So I put it on while I was doing my notes and then just forgot I had it on and it kept playing. (laughs) So I listened to it like four or five times today. Fantastic. Um, so good times. Um, the number one movie was Hero. It means nothing to me. Um, but the event that happened on this day was the 21st MTV Awards. Oh. Um, Beyonce and Usher were winners. So good time. Oh, 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 oh. sorry. Hero, the reason it means nothing to you is mm-hmm. because... It is a Jet Li movie. And I was like, I know there's some important trivia on this. It was for at the time that it came out in that weekend. It was the first, it broke the record for highest box office weekend for a foreign film. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it was, I mean, I've never seen it, but it was a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it was, it was the number one movie that day. So, um, the director Wait, and the I'm writer. So sorry. I yeah. got distracted looking up Jet Li and I missed 
what you said the event was? The 21st MTV Awards. Oh, the 21st MTV Awards. Mm-hmm. Did anything good win that year? Beyonce. <coughs> I'm sorry, I just choked on air. I don't know. Um, Beyonce and Usher both won um, separate categories. Okay. So, um, you know, I like them. They're good. They're both legit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the director and writers were both returning. The director is Steve Beers. The writers are Stephen Godshaw and Amy Weissman. So we know all about them. All They're right. Um, the guest stars, though, we had quite a few in this episode, and they are all BFFs in real life. I don't know if they're Fantastic. BFFs, but they work together. They are all for you. Um, so the first one was Michael, or the first one I wrote down, was Michael's Michael De- Debar. I'm going to say is how you say his name. He played Gideon Jeffries. Um, oh, yeah. And he was in the original MacGyver as Margot. Yes, he was. Yep. So I haven't seen it, but I figured you would know that. <laughs> um, and the other three have all been in Stargate SG-1. Yeah. So about that. I have a note about this because okay. we were watching the episode. My parents watched the second episode with me. And when... Oh, God. What is her name? Terrell Rothery? Yeah. When Rothery showed up, was on the screen. My dad goes, that's Dr. Frazier. And I go, oh, shit. You're right. It is. And my mom goes, how did you not know that? You're usually so much better about those things. And I go, I don't know the hair color. Like, I just, it threw me off. I'm confused. And my mom goes, this is not the first episode she's been in. And I was like, I'm aware. And they were like, you, 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 you've lost it. You're gone. I don't know. I don't know what has happened to you. And I was like, thank you so much for encouraging me in this moment of despair. <laughs> yes. Very yes. The real estate agent is yes. played oh by, so by an actress who was a, series regular on stargate sg1 so i also knew her because she's been on the new nancy drew and mm. upload which is a show i've mentioned to you before that if it ever finishes or does more than one season we could talk about it potentially on the podcast because <laughs> very sci-fi and i love it okay um but who wait who else was from stargate okay i'm just kidding um peter williams he played angelo the painter guy that was at the apartment oh yes um he was he was apophis from stargate sg1 and continuum okay um and then tom Macbeth, who played the priest he played oh that is my handwriting colonel harris is that what my handwriting says from SG1. That sounds and, um, right. He also played Smithers on Riverdale, which is where I knew him from. So that sounds right. Yeah. Riverdale, Nancy Drew. And a lot of them, like, just looking at these characters, like um a couple of them have been on like Alien versus Predator. So like they they're in a lot of shows together. Yeah. Like <clears throat> so we start this episode. By George talking about remembering taking ballroom lessons. 
and um it's not super relevant i was like i remember watching this episode or i watched this episode less than three hours ago and i do not remember that so it was the first line and the last line of the episode that was it that was the extent of the relevance great um and they start out at the diner and rube is distraught because there are no blueberry pancakes Kiffany says they've just run out of blueberries. And well, before she says they run out of blueberries, she says that the blueberry pancakes are seasonal. Right. And Rube asks a very fair question. Are they fresh blueberries? Because if so, then them being seasonal is a valid answer. Mm-hmm. If they're just dehydrated blueberries and you're a diner, what the fuck are you doing? Right. If you're a diner, are you doing fresh blueberries? Of course I not. So. I don't think so. It's not really and a then, work. to make it worse, they do have blueberry waffles. Yes. And they also clearly have blueberries because they have the blueberry muffins. Or that's what I'm sorry. The blueberry muffins is what I meant. Yeah. They have blueberry muffins. So you. But it's not the blueberries they're out of. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think she just, maybe she was just having a day with Rube and decided she wasn't giving him blueberry pancakes. Apparently. Sometimes it happens. Um, and so they, uh, they're all just kind of like chatting a bit about different stuff. And Roxy talks about, uh, Daisy's newfound religion and she tells her she can't just pray for forgiveness every time she does something wrong. And Mason's like, well, that's what I do. And no one <laughs> like pays attention to him. <laughs> No, my biggest problem with this conversation was not the things Roxy was saying to Daisy because they were harsh and hysterical. My problem was last episode, Daisy and Roxy were BFFs mm-hmm. and now they're at each other's throats. Right. We're back to where we were. It's another nonlinear. Which, okay, granted, there's a little bit more explanation this time because Roxy's clearly pissed because the family of the old lady is coming down on the police station saying that the cops stole the necklace. So like, that's fair. Yeah. And also like, why does she have to keep this one necklace? It like, Daisy's just too much. it, It does make sense. It's, it's sad. I mean, it is, but still. That's rough, but so they go through the diner and I don't know if this was like on purpose or what was happening, but right before um, they leave to go do their um, reaps, uh, George asked for the salt and she's eating blueberry muffins. My mom was so mad about that. She was like, I put salt on everything and I find that disgusting. I'm I don't understand. I cannot imagine. No. Nope. One time I made cookies and, and you I put salt instead of sugar. Salt instead of sugar. <laughs> or no, I put I put salted butter in it on accident instead of unsalted butter. Listen, there's no reason in the world to have unsalted butter. I'm sorry, but I think or, or I just I or don't salted butter. No, no, no. I I'm, I said no. I said what I meant. I have never in my life used unsalted butter for anything. I only use salted butter. Well, 
I use unsalted butter for baking because I made these cookies and they were so salty. There's no way that the salted butter made them that salty. It was it was like a hint. It was like the, a hint that was like left in your mouth. Oh, see, I and don't know. I I literally I don't I don't believe it on salted butter. I find it. Useless. I made I made like homemade like shortbread cookies or something. I don't even know what I'm making. Who knows? But I cut them into really cute shapes. I was so upset. <laughs> I made so many cookies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not thrilled about this whole blueberry muffin with salt thing. Yeah. Um, and then she's talking about she has to be uh, at a skating rink for her reap and how cold it is. And I was just like, I am 0% surprised someone's about to die at a hockey rink. Like, I'm surprised we don't have more deaths at a hockey rink. Like, um, I actually, um, I had a moment when I was watching this part um, where I fully um, slipped into language that is not used by any human being. Um, oh. I became a Letter Kenny character for a moment. I have not watched that show yet. Yeah. Um, if it's, I have absolutely nothing positive to say about the show, but it is the best show that exists, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I will just and, accept that. But also the humor is very Canadian. Like, it's very Canadian. I'm so surprised at how popular it is outside of Canada because there are things that literally only are funny to me because I basically live in Canada. Like it, it's, but my note literally says, what the fuck is the bony doing on the ice with the child bros without being clear, bud? I know what you've said, even though I don't know all those words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, basically Did you say a child bro, a child bro. NHL, yeah, Chell, like Chelsea, but like NHL. When you people say NHL, the H and the L go blend together into NHL, and then it just gets shortened to Chell. So a Chell bro is a hockey player. Okay, interesting. (laughs) All right, and a a bony is clearly a A zambo bony. Yes, that that I got. That I was I followed. Um. The, it was the end that I was not following well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, I mean, that was a pretty rough death. Yeah, I also wrote what the fact did the Zambo do to that body? Oh, so sometimes it's a Zambo and sometimes it's a bony? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a problem. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of problems. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's we all have problems, but Correct. it's it's very um sometimes I don't realize how dumb things sound until I talk to people who aren't. Like like there's dialect. Like there are things that you could say to me that are very common in like like rural Louisiana that I'd be like, yeah. no, but that doesn't make sense. Right. 
and I sometimes have a superiority complex and I'm like, yeah, but everything I say makes sense. And then I slip into like hella Canadian and I'm like, no, literally no one knows what I'm talking about. Fantastic. Literally nothing you say makes sense. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like when you're talking to the Irish. Well, bless. I, there are days. The Scottish are even worse though. I don't, but I don't work with them. Right. No, but I'm just saying like, I don't need to talk to them. It's okay. I don't, have to, I don't have to worry about talking to them. But the Irish, I'm telling you, I, also, uh, there's some days I'm up there and they start talking to each other and they all have different dialects. They're all from oh, different yeah. well, And so- they talk so fast and they mumble so much and then they use like weird words. And I'm like, I don't know. Weird words. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with a 10 year old? <laughs> but like, at least those words they like heard somewhere or like that's, you they're, know, made up based on something they know that you also know. No, but like, well, mostly it's because I teach middle school. So these kids right. speak in Gen Z TikTok language, which means nothing to me oh, sometimes. That nothing to me, yeah. And one time, one of the eighth graders said something to me and I literally go, I don't think I know a single word that you said in that sentence. Like, I, I believe you that they're words. I, I have nothing. That's like, I felt so old today because we have a, a derivative work that we're still working on clearing and stuff recently. And um, it's by 660, who is a musician. Okay. Um, I did not know that. I mean, I, d- I knew that because I worked on the contract, but like, I did not know that prior to learning about this song. Yeah, and okay. um, I got nothing. We have a new girl who, one of the new girls is 23. And so I immediately just looked at her. I was like, do you know who this person is? She was like, yeah. I was like, cool. I was like, great. Right. And we was like, because we were trying to decide if this was going to be like a huge song because it was like, it was an artist that like people seem to know. And so we were like, is he like, you know him? Or is he like, everyone knows him? And she's like, no, like, he's like, you know, people know him, but it's not like a big deal. And we're like, okay, okay, that's fair. Because <laughs> we, like me and Sarah, who are both almost 30, have never heard of this person. So language. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even language that's is my language i don't always know what's happening so yeah no Uh, but uh yeah i'd hate to be run over by a zamboni i am clear statement there especially if it apparently sets your body on fire is what it looks like (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know exactly what happened um I don't I mean, know a lot about the workings of a Zamboni. I've seen I mean, them. I mean, it. what it does is it kind of, like, melts down the ice shavings so, like, that it's more of a flat surface. So, like, I guess it could. It would. But it can't be that hot. Yeah. No, Um. I I don't think that that's accurate. But. um. Unless he, like, it, ran into the, somehow got tangled up in the engine or something. Yeah. But then there. Yeah. No, I just don't think that that was an accurate portrayal of what running over, being run over by a Zamboni would do. I mean, I have a lot of references. So <laughs> I would like to say that's probably not quite accurate, but maybe they also don't have any references, which is good. It's good to not to have that as a reference. Yeah. I wonder how many people in the world have ever been killed by Zambonis. You get to, you get to search in that. Um, yeah. I will figure out what my words say um oh i said did you did you find it you keep you okay going so 
um, I feel like at this point in the show, we finally started getting back to like what the show is supposed to be about. Like mm. we're finally getting back to reaping people every episode. It's like a central part of the show. Whereas like the end of season one was just like a different show. It was like, I mean, obviously it had the same characters, a lot of the same storylines, but like this show is about being a grim reaper. Yeah. And we did not reap anyone for four episodes. And or at least George was like not involved in it at all. And she's supposed to be our main character. And uh, so I feel like this season's really gotten back to that, which I appreciate. Um, and then <laughs> they were talking about, um, about reaping people. And she starts talking about like, like she's playing a chill. Yes. Yes. Your face says it all. Um, I don't know that. Do you find a picture? Ha- no, but the That's description good. is. Not not good, no. Um, that picture was probably prettier than what would have actually happened. Oh. Um. Basically, what it does is it sucks shreds, it sh- sucks broken ice up and shreds it into pieces and then resurfaces it and lays it down. So that's what it would do to your body. So it's like a vacuum paper shredder it's like a vacuum and a slap chop and then a glue gun and a paintbrush excellent that's terrifying (laughs) you should never have that on the ice when people are on the ice right just in case get that bony out of there for the the chell boys (laughs) chell boys out of there for the bony i'm gonna learn some canadian language watch out (laughs) i'm coming for you (laughs) <laughs> um did yep. you find how many deaths there have been um i have i did not see anyone died i did see a man lose a leg though that's a pretty big win for getting hit by a zamboni yeah. apparently yeah um well that's good that's good news yeah. so yeah um so now she's talking about using children's games to describe uh reaping and she says Duck, duck, dead. And I was like, that's not, that's not good. So then I was thinking about it and I was, I meant to think longer and forgot. Um, what other children's games could you make into like, well, theme? I mean, Squid Games successfully ruined Red Light, Green Light for everyone. True. True. But like, it's still Red Light, Green Light. Like, technically, they still have the same rules. But like, duck, duck, dead. That's like, like the whole name is different. I want like a different name. I'm just like children's games right now that I've like said. I mean, no, I can just think of like mother. May I, what would you change that to? Hide and seek. Hide and kill. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I bet this. Maybe maybe some of our listeners will have some good ideas. I'll ask yeah. them on Instagram. Probably. Maybe. If we remember this by the time this episode comes out. I'll do my best. I try to do I try to take a listen to get some good quotes. Because I clearly do not take notes while I'm recording. <laughs> and um maybe it will remind me. But I listened to the last episode and you apparently said something about posting on Instagram and I do not remember that. Yeah, and no. I listened to that yesterday, so 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're made. I mean, not. Um, so we are at happy time now. And I do not exactly remember what Dolores was talking about, but she references, um, George being like the most popular at something. And she says, you're either the prettiest girl at prom or the sluttiest if you went to Catholic school. I was like, Dolores. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I did go to an all-girls Catholic school. I had just put a Skittle in my mouth when she said that, and I had to pause the show because I choked so hard. Were you the prettiest girl at prom or the sluttiest girl in school? Neither. But the Oh, that's probably good. But <laughs> that's let me probably tell you. Um, I can tell you who the sluttiest girls at my prom were. I mean, yeah. The prettiest girl at my prom was Caitlin. Listen, but here's the thing. Think about it. Caitlin is the sweetest, most innocent human being, but she went to a public school where she was just pretty and sweet. I went to a Catholic school where the most popular girls were not the pretty ones. They were the nice. My class, they were pretty good. My class was actually pretty, pretty nice. Um, That's not true all the time. My class is... But, like, literally, the most popular girls were the girls who were the sluttiest, without a doubt. That makes sense. They're the only ones with any variety. I mean, I was, I was just a mess in high school. <laughs> I, uh, I feel that. Someone just sneezed very loudly. (laughs) It sounded so weird. No, I heard it. That's when my face was about. I was like, man, your neighbor needs to get it together. That was really funny. I'm sorry. They're probably fine. It sounded like one of my young neighbors, so they're probably fine. Okay. Um, I went pat. God bless him. So now we're back at uh, the house. Mm -hmm. And Joy has sold the house. She is in escrow. Uh-huh. And uh, she doesn't. <laughs> they're sitting there, and Reggie gets like super into what's happening now. And she's like, "How much do we do we make? Are we rich now?" And then she's like, "Well, how much is your commission?" And the real estate agent is just like, "Uh, uh, do I tell her?" And she's like, "Yeah, go ahead." And then she's like, "I want to be a real estate agent." Joy just goes, <laughs> "No, you don't." <laughs> but like, first of all, that's a little offensive to the real estate agent behind you. But Which is true. why she was like, mm. right. okay, this scene um, brought up a question that I had and mm-hmm. that I feel very passionately about okay. because in this conversation, Reggie is trying to understand what it means to be in escrow mm-hmm. and the real estate agent explains that it's kind of like a waiting game and um, Reggie says, oh, like purgatory. Right. And the real estate agent looks perturbed. Mm-hmm. And I am trying, I literally paused it and I was like, I need to ask you guys something to my parents. And I said, I need to know from an adult's perspective, because I mean, I'm an adult and I spend a lot of time around children, but I apparently spend time around weird children and also was a weird child. Right. So um, is it abnormal for a 
11 year old to talk about purgatory because I, I don't think that that's as weird as the real estate agent, state agent made it out to be. I, I don't think so. And I didn't grow up Catholic and it's a very Catholic term. Yeah. Um, and I didn't grow up Catholic and I still don't think it's a weird thing for an right. 11 year old okay. to talk about. Okay. Because like, I, I mean, I teach at Catholic school. I went right. to Catholic school. My family was Catholic. So like, I was aware of what it was. I probably wasn't having conversations about it. Right. But it doesn't, it seems odd to me that someone would be disturbed by a preteen knowing what purgatory was. Like that's just- like, she described it as like, kind of like waiting and like limbo, like waiting for something. And like, that's exactly how purgatory is usually described. Exactly. So like, if you've gone to church in the Catholic church, that's probably how you've heard it described at some point. And so yeah. that would just be her reference. Like, yes, no. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Cause I was no. more disturbed by the woman's disturbance than by I the comment. I was, I was like, like, this is not a weird question. That's actually a very good, like, <laughs> that's a very, very good way to visualize something yeah. that doesn't make sense with an image that everyone knows. Right. Right. Okay. Um, All right. Well, now that we know I'm not an idiot and the real estate agent is. Yes. And um, Joy's also correct. It's not everything that's cracked up to be a to be a real estate agent. I was licensed for a year, and I didn't do a whole lot with it. It wasn't fun. Didn't like it. I'm over it now. Um, and now we go to our good buddy Mason. <sighs> and um, I kind of I think I missed something here, <laughs> but he's going to the apartment to do the reap, and he runs into this other guy. Ooh, also, the post-it note, which the other guy just had a fucking post-it note. Like, it was just right. a normal post-it note, and Mason freaked out. So, I think Mason's reaction made me freak out, because then I was like, is it another Reaper? I literally was like, I literally was like, I'm obsessed with the fact that Mason is so fucking strung out that he just sees yellow post-it note and assumes that everyone around him is trying to kill I mean, somebody. Like, I was like... I... I can't say that i would not have the same reaction but the best part of that interaction though was that the guy was complaining that the place he went to buy a record from didn't have good music and he was like unless you're into like that vintage 60s rock shit and mason goes i am vintage <laughs> 60s rock shit and i was like i know i was like you are god bless you god bless you um so we go back to happy time and uh, George has been tasked with the job of interviewing new hires, which is literally her position. Yes. She's this episode bothered me with George because she was acting like Dolores gave her this crazy, ridiculous task to do. But when she got a promotion, her promotion was literally to the temp manager. Right. So like, what the fuck has she been doing the whole time? Nothing. Not working at a job. Um, yeah, so to be fair, though, her options, they're lacking. Well, okay. We start with just the first guy mm-hmm. who has IBS, apparently. So here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, no. My dad was like, that's not IBS. You just no. shit your pants at work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have friends who have IBS. As do I. And, um, I've been around them for longer than a minute and a half. Is that how long this 
this had got been going on. <laughs> and um, we did not have the same issue. No, no. They just have to go to the bathroom a few more times than other people usually. I mean, and, and, uh, like I have, I don't technically have IBS, but I have mm-hmm. digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And I um, sometimes can have gas attacks. And even then, I've never been like that. Right. Ever. Right. And also, I've never, the problem with him is not even his farting. It is, his farting is problematic. Right. But the problem is his attitude about other people's attitude toward his farting. Like, if I had a gas attack and I was farting a lot and it smelled bad, I would be apologizing so much. I would not be throwing the ADA at people. Exactly. And I was like, first of all, you don't work here yet. And you're not just super qualified already, it seems. Even though she seems to say they're all qualified, but I would like to know with what with what qualifications. Right. Um so like there are plenty of reasons for them to put why they didn't hire you, but also like they don't have to put a reason why they didn't hire you because you don't work there. Right. So according it would be to, very hard for you to According to the ADA. American for Disabilities Act, and it will be on it like it would be illegal to fire or comp- not hire on the basis mm-hmm. of the disability. If literally they were like, well, we don't want to put a wheelchair ramp in, so we're going to fire you. Right. That's illegal. If they were like, you have a pre-existing condition like cancer or diabetes, and we don't want to provide insurance, we're not going to hire you. That's illegal. If someone can't get through a job interview without being rude and farting. And threatening a lawsuit. Because they're rude and farting. Right. I don't, I don't think that's protected. I don't think, I mean, I'm technically a lawyer, even though I don't practice. And I never learned about that being a, yeah. a um, one of my, one of the other teachers said that they were going to keep me on retainer, not as an actual lawyer, just to give them advice because I just spout shit. Because my friend is having issues with her HOA getting mad about her dog. And I got mad for her. And I was like, the New York State Fair Housing Act does not require them to have any of this information for an emotional service animal. You have the credentials, which is actually more than you need because the Fair Housing Act um, covers more than the Americans for Disabilities Act. And so they're not legally allowed to ask you any of these questions. (laughs) And so our other one was like, can I just keep you on retainer? And I go, I mean, sure, I my my law degree is Google, so like that's not really yeah. helpful. <laughs> but right, you but. at least have the actual degree. I just say yeah. shit. <laughs> There's plenty that's like Googleable, though. Like right, no, I mean I would yeah. never go argue something in court, a because I no, can't. I mean and- me either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but. I feel like it's important to at least have a baseline of laws that are going to affect you and to be able. Yes. I know 1 million percent agree. And I wish more people took that approach. I just, 
I, I don't, for me, I'm just like, why would you ever walk into a situation where you could be blindsided by someone else? Mm-mm. No, you don't. And if you do, maybe you deserved it. Probably not. I'm not victim blaming. I'm so sorry. No. But also. Well, no, but like there are, there are things that like criminal law is a totally different thing. And like there are mm-hmm. things that are against the law and like being the victim of a crime is like a totally different thing. But like in civil law, you should never be in a position that you're like, especially when it comes to like owning businesses or um, like getting into a job, like contracted job, you should never put yourself in a position where you are unprepared for a lawsuit in that case. Like that just seems mind boggling to me. That's why you write the agreements before you get started. That way it's all in writing and any issues that come up are already dealt with in 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 how you handle them. Which, and that was the problem with this situation was everything that is in the HOA contract had already been dealt with. Mm-hmm. but HOAs are not necessarily um, locked contract type of organizations, which is something I have a different problem with, but <laughs> I have a lot of problems. I know. Yes. So um, this guy doesn't have to be hired. No. Decided. Correct. We are, on, in agree- we are in agreement with that. Yes. And, um, So now we are back to Mason and God bless his heart. This poor. He just gets fucked left, right and center. Every single time. (laughs) It's like Rube plans to give him the hardest reads for him. Like they wouldn't necessarily be for everyone, but for him, they're always the hardest. Like he, so he's going through all these vintage albums from the sixties and finds one of like one of his favorite bands and he's super stoked. He's like, this was never recorded, which is ironic because I just looked up music today for one of our bands and there are about 8,000 live recordings that they did that. I just didn't even know where they came from. So this is that. (laughs) Yeah. And um, then he realizes by looking at the cover that it's the guy on the cover is who he is about to read. And it is, his idol. Jeffers. Uh, Gideon Jeffries. Gideon Jeffries. Of the churchyard. Of the churchyard. And it is, he has always loved him. I mean, he was around when they were big, obviously. He around. was at the concert that they have the illegal live recording yes. of. And um, so he was super into that. But then he's uh, just distraught when he realizes what's about to happen. And um, then they start talking. About, this is a little off topic, but they start talking about like Chinese food and how they don't eat it because it's MSG. And I had just ordered dim sum, and I was like, "Look, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Mason, I am not with you on this one." I am <laughs> also. Here's the thing. I lived in Asia for quite mm-hmm. some time. I love Asian food. I am so sick of. MSG hate. People don't even know what it is. And they're just like, oh, let's just call it toxic. No. It's monosodium glutamate. It's just another type of salt. It's not any different than having salt in a fucking can of Campbell's soup. It just has a fancier name. It is, according to Uncle Roger, 
the king of flavor. My dad and I went to the Asian market and just bought a full just bag of MSG just to be like, fuck you guys. I, I love MSG. Do not know a lot about MSG, but I do love Asian foods and I have it has never stopped me from eating them. <laughs> just knowing it was there. I am big fan. Big fan. Yes. Um, so now we're back with Joy and Reggie. And Reggie starts comparing their home to a pad because she says that um, frogs just jump from lily pad to lily pad because they don't actually like to swim and they get anxiety when they're stuck in the pond. And um, Joy sold their lily pad before they had another one. So now they're stuck in the pond. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of a good analogy. Yeah, but also, great. like, you have 45 days. Um, so now they're looking downtown, and they're just... Joy looks so happy about, like, what they're doing, and... Well, they just... They're going to have fun and do something stupid and silly, and, like, oh, it's so nice. It was, she was like, we're never going to live here. That was me looking at Manhattan Apartments. I was like, I'm going to go look at all these apartments, and then I'm going to move to, like, Queens. I live in Manhattan now. But, uh... Which, like, good riddance. It's been a lifesaver working 15-hour days and then having to go home. And I only have to get oh home. Oh, my God. If you, still, if you still lived in Brooklyn. I would never sleep. Never. Because it'd well, be, like, 30 minutes in. When I, live, when I lived in Astoria, I worked in Union Square. And so it was an hour train ride. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little over 30 minutes to the office. And then it would have been... 40 to Times yeah, Square. Say it, would been, it would have been 40 on your way home from work with how infrequently the trains run at that hour. It'd be like an hour every night Ugh. trying to get home. Oh, and now I just, I walk there on a, from my office. It's 10 minutes for me to get to the office by train. And then it's like 10, five to 10 minutes for me to I take a cab home after I get to the bar. Well, and even to take a cab for sure. But like, even give like obviously it's winter now but like give it a couple in like in like may or june you could probably walk depending on how tired you are yeah like well that's what i did like as long as it's not too late like if it's like a wednesday and i'm getting off late i'm probably gonna take a car because nobody's really out but if it's like a saturday and i get off late everybody's out i'll just walk home yeah and uh, it's a 25 minute walk yeah like it's super convenient yeah yeah, yeah. i could not imagine still living in brooklyn like I would not be able to have two jobs. I would be dead. I don't know. That's that's what I've decided. So, I agree. Um, this is going to be the longest episode ever. I know. I'm sorry, guys. We are on so many tangents right now. I don't even know we're what's going on. Sidebarring a lot. I we are very tired. I am very tired. <laughs> I am very tired. I was like, I don't have to speak for both of us, but I am uh, sleepy. Well, um, but the other thing is, honestly, this episode has a lot of really funny things in it, but not a lot of. Con- like not a lot of meat not a lot of content mm-hmm. so we keep sidebarring because truthfully it i don't know what to also say yeah well i have like four more pages of notes <laughs> just hang in there let's get back um, so we're back in happy time we're doing our second interview um who is anton mm, I forgot his last name something yeah i was gonna say it's something chech yeah and uh, he was, she's telling him how stressful this job is. And he's like, it's okay. I was a doctor who was tortured with electrodes on my testicles. And she's Correct. like, oh, so you're okay with pressure. 
And like, I was like, he doesn't seem like a super winner for this job, but he's just like, I need a job. So I don't get deported. Yeah, no, I was like, "Mm." I was like, I have no good options. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about you. I was like, whoever number three is, it's got to be better. And uh, so then we go, we go back to Joy. And she's talking about like living in the city and she exactly summed up how I feel about living in the city. She says, you can be by yourself, but you're never alone. Well, no, she doesn't say that. The guy who says that to her. You're right. I put the wrong thing. I put, he says it. Yeah, and yeah. Because so- I was like, oh, I'm obsessed with this man. Because he's like so nice and he's saying all the right things. Yeah. And But then, he, and he's asking and he loves that the dog's name is Just Dog. Mm-hmm. Then he says something that I couldn't decide in that moment if I thought it was creepy or not because he just asked what the dog's name was and then was like, I love golden retrievers. And I was like, how did you, I haven't decided. Maybe they've told him like, how long have they been there? And like, no, because they, she asked, are we allowed to have dogs? And he was like, Oh, like it's a requirement. Like, so they had, this was the first time the dog came up. And so I don't know if he was just casually saying that golden retrievers are his favorite dog. And it was like a oh, serendipitous moment, yeah. or if it was a little bit creepy. And at that moment, I couldn't decide how I felt about it. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. And I was like, how did he know that? I was like, oh, maybe they like talked about it before they got there. So maybe she had a dog. I don't know. Um, or maybe he saw pictures. Some, I don't really know. Or maybe it was just an error. In or maybe or maybe he was just casually saying golden retrievers are his favorite dog. And maybe the look that Joy gave was one of serendipity, not creep. Right, right. Seems to be the case. Um, and also, if they moved to that apartment, Joy's room would have a fireplace in it. I was like, what is this place? How on earth could you afford something like that? That apartment was bigger than their house. I know. And a fire, like, if you can't afford your house, you can't afford this apartment. It's downtown and big. Yeah. Like, I don't live in downtown it's, Seattle. It's, it's downtown. It's got, a, it's got loft space. There's a fireplace in the ba- in the bedroom. There's a view of the sound and it's pet friendly. No. Not a chance. Zero percent chance. Yeah. Zero percent chance. Right. So, I don't know. Um, and then we go to the diner. And we find out that Daisy's necklace is an heirloom. And that's why um, Roxy's being so hard on her. With the, and that's why the family's coming down so hard on her. And um, Roxy says that it's not going to matter because the well, eventually she'll get the cross back because it's going to burn a hole through Daisy's chest right out the back <laughs> of her spine. And I died. I thought that was so funny. I was like, I just, I was like, God bless Roxy. That's why I uh, matched. She, she was my person when I did that quiz. <laughs> I would say something like that. Um, so now we're uh, back at Happy Time. <laughs> and George is telling Dolores and Crystal about her interviews. And Crystal starts cracking up when oh she's God. talking about this IBS. And Dolores is like, that is, I don't remember what she said, basically, but she was like, this, that is not nice. She was like, it's not funny. IBS is a serious condition. And I was like, yo. And then she uh, starts talking about uh, oh, so then she starts talking about how Marilyn Monroe had IBS. And George says, is that what made her skirt fly? 
And Crystal laughs again. She's like, Millie, that is not funny. It was so Oh my god. Funny. The humor in this episode was uh, so dumb. It like, was so good, but so dumb. And uh then she finds out her third person coming in is her last name's Paddington, like the bear. And um she's talking about how much time she spends around death. It's like, is she a reaper? <laughs> it's like no, she's, she's just, she's just a weird old lady, and I'm obsessed with her. She's I got, loved her I mean, so much. Also, I got mad because Dolores was like, oh, she's so old. And she said that she was 50. And I was like, Dolores, you're 50. Shut the fuck right. up. I uh, I think out of the three, I might would pick her. Yes. I also Based have on known, day one. <laughs> I'd hire the, I wrote, I'd hire the weird old lady. Yeah. Actually, that would have her day one, but she did get a little creepy. <laughs> I know. I actually, even after the creepy email, yeah. said that I would pick her because at least it wasn't a live <laughs> rabbit or a weird smelling soup. That's true. That is fair. <laughs> Those are not great things. Um, and so now we're with Mason. And this is the third reference we've had to Louisiana in the past few episodes. I don't know why we're referencing Louisiana so much. Um, we had Gentilly Street, you, and then we had the Rouge. it was bad, yeah, Bad Rouge, and uh, wait, the shopping center or whatever. Oh yeah, like, so many references to Louisiana. I have no idea why. Um, maybe Stephen Godshaw's from there because he's the one who keeps writing. <laughs> um, That's, well, and he does yeah. have, and he does have a French last name, so he could. Be. Yeah, it's very possible, but also like it's in Canada, so like. He could be Canadian. He's probably Canadian. Probably. Um, And so... Yeah. So he's talking to him and he's like, you came up with the power stance and he's like jamming on his guitar and he's talking. And then like, it's just so sad. They start talking about like... Oh, no. Before he... Wait, this was before that. This was when... He was trying to talk about being at the concert and then he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because then the guy was like, You're not that old. And he was like, Well, like my uncle yeah. was like a really big fan. And I was like, This is just hurting my soul so much. I know. I felt so bad for Mason. I was like, he can't even tell him how much he beans to him because right. <sighs> oh, my heart. And um yeah, then he starts talking about the ultimate high, and he's like, I spent so much time trying, or he's like, my uncle spent so much time trying to find it, and uh, he was like, did you ever find it? And he's like, I'm still searching. I was like, don't do drugs. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then uh, pop over to George again over at Happy Time, and this woman, Paddington, has sent her a picture of her and her dying dad. And uh, then Anton sends over this gross dish of food. And uh, Crystal happily calls to say there's a package and it's moving. (laughs) And then she pops up with this bunny rabbit. And she is so pleased. She's like making bunny faces. And Crystal and the bunny rabbit is my favorite thing in the entire world. She's having the best time with this bunny. Yeah. 
It is adorable. Also, not all of that happened all at once. That was like three yeah. scenes, mm-hmm. but really it w- didn't need to be. It was like not even worth it to break it up. Yeah. So um, this was another time it was unnecessary. So I just yeah. shoved them together. Um, and now we're back at Mason. And I was just like, he's always like for as much as Rube tells him how much he screws up. He's always the one that like really uses his like reaps into where they need to go. Like he sits yeah. there with them for hours. Well, and the other thing, the thing that I like the most about this is usually Mason's reaps end up teaching Mason a lesson. Right. But this time Mason got to be the one giving the lesson. You know, and at first, like I didn't realize, so I knew when the guy went to have his Chinese food um, that he was going to do drugs. And so I knew, I've assumed that's how he was going to die, but I didn't realize that that had already occurred <laughs> at this point. Oh and yeah, no, I didn't. So Mason was like, I have to tell you I was there. And he's like, oh, you're a uh, immortal. And I was like, I don't think you're supposed to tell them before they die. And then I realized that he's already. Yeah, dead. no, I could tell by the nature of their conversation. Like yeah, I that was this was very confused. Um, but it was so sad. And the guy's just like, if you could just take the needle out of my arm so my kids don't see it. And I was like, oh, oh my well, because, um, Because he, he said, like, all that stuff about, like, chasing the ultimate high and whatever. And then yeah. he Mason said I that he was immortal. And Mason was like, and you know what? It's not all it's cracked up to be. I know. Oh, so sad. And then speaking of immortality not being what it's cracked up to be, Daisy's scene. (sighs) It's been 75 years since her last confession. And she uh, starts confessing to Petty Larceny for taking this necklace. And she's just like, what if I just do like 10 Hail Marys and four Our Fathers. I was like, Daisy, you don't get to make up your own penance. I was like, that's not how that works. No, but well, the thing is, is she was trying so hard to make light of it and be funny. Yeah. But it was... She was like, I just want an answer. And the priest was like, you're not really wearing that cross because you want God or because you need it. What you really need is to not feel like you're waiting for something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she just wants to cross over so badly. I know, I know. Ugh, God bless her. And uh, he ends up giving her two Hail Marys and an act of contrition. Mm-hmm. Um, what is an act of contrition? Is that like doing something good? Yeah. Okay. That was one I was like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> Too Catholic for me. And, uh, <laughs> Well, the thing is, I've never actually gone to confession because I'm not actually Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe an act of contrition. Oh, no, it's a it's a prayer. Okay, it is a type of prayer. That makes sense. Gotcha. I was wondering. I was like, I've heard of like Hail Marys and Our Fathers, but but I didn't I didn't know about the act of contrition. No, the act of contrition is a a prayer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Way easier than I expected then. Um. Now we're back at George and she's talking. (laughs) She's really trying to avoid Dolores and avoid her responsibility of hiring these tips. 
And she says you avoid responsibility by avoiding the person who gave you that responsibility. <laughs> I was like, you're not wrong. If they can't ask you about it, that is didn't happen. Like today, someone called at 4.30 and I was like, I'm not going to answer that. That's Monday's problem. Oh, yeah. And no one else to know. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to avoid it. And, uh, oh, this is where she got the bunny. Yes. My bad. I skipped, I skipped ahead for this. That's all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just fit in better at the other section. True. So, uh, now we're back to Joy and Reggie and Joy is, uh, getting a little dressed up more than normal, not super dressy. Mm-hmm. And she's telling Reggie, she's going to have a babysitter because Reggie's asking about dinner and, She's like, do you have a date? And she goes, no. Do I look like I have a date? I was like, do you have a date? <laughs> like, that was okay. not very convincing, Joy. I don't care if Joy right. has a date or not. Right. What I care about is what kind of savage tells their kid they can order pizza, but it can't be pepperoni. <laughs> I, I do not know. I Literally, was it when she said no? My dad goes, what the fuck? I know. I think she was just being, she had that, to have just like been being. That's all I took away out of that scene was, do you hate your child so much you won't give them pepperoni? Right. Yes. Um, that's fair. That's a fair argument. Um, yeah. Um, so, George and Dolores chat some more. And now we're back with Reggie and her babysitter. Reggie's babysitter is not great. Um, Fuck that. Fuck that babysitter, though. Right. Like, you're supposed to pay attention when you're watching someone, and she's just, like, blowing her off while she's trying to, like, talk to her. And, like, you're supposed to, like, play with them. You're supposed to stay at the house. That's also, different. you're supposed to stay at the house. That's also an important thing. That's kind of a big um, one. And so, like, somebody comes outside and gets her, and something's going down with her friends. So she's like, I'm going to be gone for an hour. And she says, don't tell your mom. And I was like, first of all, you've not done anything to endear this child to you. No. I would immediately tell my mother. Like, yeah. I mean, so maybe not immediately, because then I'd be like, oh, I get to hang out by myself at the house. And so I'd, like, watch a couple TV shows. But then when she got home, I'd be like... The babysitter just left, and I don't know where she went. I would never say how long, because then I'd get in trouble for not saying something earlier. But I would definitely tell on her. Absolutely. So, I don't know what she was thinking. Um, then we go to Joy, and uh, sure looks like she's on a date to me. I don't think they confirmed one way or another, because she keeps talking about being, like, looking at the uh, apartment. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it is a date. I think I don't, but here's the thing. I don't think it was a date in the sense that it would ever develop into anything. Cause I don't think right. she liked him. Mm-hmm. I think it was just the first time in a very long time that she felt seen. Right. Right. I think so. And he was like giving her wine and like showing her the how, like, I think, I think you're right. Like it was just nice for her to be out again. In the company of an adult man who actually sees her. Right, yeah. Um, although, uh, oh, so then, I do not know what that word says. 
And uh, we go back to Reggie and she hears a creepy noise upstairs and she starts to go upstairs and she thinks it's George. Uh, oh, I had one thing um, before that when she was on the state, when Joy was on the state, um, the guy was p- quoting Ecclesiastes to her in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, I really liked Ecclesiastes because I find lists comforting. And I was like, I too find lists comforting. I also find lists comforting. <laughs> I. I- Put that that's my next line oh okay but, uh, oh sorry i guess i i guess i had wet when reggie freaked out in the wrong spot because i have well, she has, it goes kind of back and forth yeah so she hears the noise and everything's okay but then um she uh no that's when reggie freaks out too so then you go back to her and he's painting her and all i could think was painting like one of your french girls <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, we get it together. Um, and then she says uh, she wants him to draw her happy. And I was like, because you haven't been happy in so long. It's so sad. Ugh. And then back to George. Um, she's talking to Daisy about everything that's been going on and how she's so stressed about making this decision about the temps and there's a knock on the door and daisy knows mason's knock that's what i was and i literally i was like mason has his own knock question mark i know she just knows it that well she's like that's mason's knock i know um and then they learn he tells them that there's a group reap tomorrow and uh he puts the song on the the record on that he's taken with him and it's terrible it doesn't well because it's like a janky bootleg recording of something and even though even if the even if the record was good and wasn't janky it wouldn't be what he remembered it being because that moment like he said it's it's different than alive he's he but he also what he said was so powerful he was like it's the sound of a memory that doesn't sound like the memory yeah and i just said mason only gets sadness no matter what he does he's only getting sadness like, I know that Daisy's got a lot going on, but Mason is tragic. Like, it is devastating. And you my know. toxic trait is that I'm still in love with him. Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, uh, we go back to Joy and Reggie, and Joy's getting home, and there are officers there, and police lights, and she panics, obviously. Obviously. And when she gets in, they, Reggie's fine. But she says that someone had been in the house, and the police are like, "No one was in the house." It's like, first of all, they could have known that come yeah. and gone. Yeah, you just you can't just like say there was never anyone in the house. But also, like this happened, and they start like being tough on Joy, like it's her fault. First of all, like it's not. Okay, that's what I said. I was like, I get it, like that they're trying to like protect her, and like as an adult who works with children, I like feel strongly about like when CBS is involved and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't feel like 11 is too young to be alone for a few hours. Right. But also, she didn't leave her alone for a few hours. And I know, like, her phone was off. But, like, she just didn't know it was off. Like, it wasn't. Right, so, like, the baby, off. she hired a babysitter. And the babysitter was a right. terrible person. So, like, that is an unfortunate cir- circumstance. And 
I do think Joy, like, because it was just an unfortunate circumstance, any, like, social worker who works with CPS would have that conversation with Joy and it would be okay. So I think Joy's reaction was a little aggressive. But also, like, I'm the oldest of four. I have three younger siblings. And when I was in middle school, I definitely watched my younger siblings before. So, like, at 12, 13 years old, I was babysitting my younger siblings. Like, so the idea of an 11-year-old being home alone for a few hours... Just being being a big enough deal to call the cops seems very, very aggressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, but I also laughed because Reggie was talking about the babysitter and she said, I think she's a devil worshiper. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh, goodness. I mean, we have no idea what this, this yeah. girl is up to, so who knows, but... uh that's fine. And then they, uh, Joy and Reggie seemed to be bonding and they were going to sleep together because they were so nervous. Ugh, I know. It was sweet. They were starting to get along. Um, yeah. And then George lets the death frog choose the, the timbit <laughs> that they're going to hire. Yes. I thought that was so funny. I was like, I don't know if that's the best choice, but like, okay. Go for um, it. And then they're back at the diner and they learn for this group reap. There's like 13 souls. And I was like, Jesus. Okay. You know what I found more concerning than the 13 souls? Mm-hmm. Which, okay, that was concerning. What I found concerning was Rube passing out the cigarettes and saying that they were going to go blend in. And I was like, why do they look like they're entering a Tarantino film? <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Like, I was like, ugh. Was like, and I was like, I guess this was just the time. Like, I was like, did Quentin Tarantino direct just this reap? Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yes, just this one. Not even the whole episode. No. It was uh, really funny. It, and, was, uh, it just felt so out of place. It did. But then so did George. She was so overeager this entire scene. She was just like super down to do whatever had to be done. And I'm like, since when have you just like gone willingly like don't worry that blew up in her face so uh, yeah but she was real into it it was rough um then back at joy and reggie joy finds out the deal has fallen through because there's issues with their roof and it's just like i felt the hopelessness like while she was talking because she like She's really good at like, like diving into emotions as a character. Like, you feel like she really feels that way. Yeah, and but she was like, <sighs> the other thing is that we find out that Reggie wasn't insane, and there was someone on the roof that night. Yeah, yeah, and that's why their roof is messed up now. So it was no, just- I don't think it's why their roof was messed up. Those were the inspectors checking the crack in the roof. Oh, yeah. No, they didn't, mess, they didn't mess up the roof. They just found it. Because how would the, the people who were checking for the damage would have had to checking have found it? Checking in the middle it. of the night. Well, that's not the best way to do it. It's a little sneaky and underhanded, but it was an inspector. That makes more sense. But <laughs> dumb. But this is when Reggie finally says what she thinks about George not being able to find them. If they yeah. And that was so sad. Like, 
How sad would that be? I get it. And then uh, we go to the reap. And it's awful. Daisy, Daisy's great at her job. She's yeah, just like, George is like, George is like really impressed by Daisy's ability to compartmentalize because Daisy is as depressed as George, if not more. Probably. It does not affect her work. Yeah. Roxy's hair looks excellent. So good. Um, and then we realize that Anton's there. And it just so happens he's about to die. So, like, her I job. Wrote, oh, easier. fuck. Because I knew before it even started to show George spiraling that she realizes where they are and that whoever she had chosen was going to be one of the 13, no matter who she had chosen. Yeah. And uh, it took me a little longer to realize that <laughs> because I'm tired. But... Yes, it was just absolutely horrible. Um, I just, it made me so sad. And like, this was one of the rougher deaths because it was the most realistic. It was, yeah. And they didn't show it. It wasn't like funny and graphic and weird. It was just brutal. Yeah, it was just really sad. And, uh. It was just, I don't know, it was just one of those things that, like, really brings you down. And then George said, I think it was George, somebody says, uh, to everything, there is a season. Oh, no, Joy had said, oh, George might have said that in the thing because it was part of the Ecclesiastes idea. But no, what the the quote that I liked about the over the monologue in for the death thing was we skipped it a little bit when George was talking to Daisy about all of her problems. Daisy was mm-hmm. comparing her being overly depressed to Ophelia from oh, Hamlet. Yeah. And so then she was talking about how in the end of Hamlet, somebody can't make a decision and everyone dies. And she was oh. like, and she had this quote, and I literally, I want to get this quote tattooed on me. She just said, I am Hamlet and everybody dies. And I was like, oh. Oh, so so good. It was, and uh, oh gosh. But then, so- then before, like, there is one last moment that I want to talk about, just because. So George goes to where she's all sad, mm-hmm. and then we see Dolores finding out that everyone's dead too, and it's not like it's not really that important. But while Dolores is on the phone finding out about everyone dying. The camera does this really fucking cool thing where it pans down and then looks up at Dolores through the circle of the happy time window. And it's the smiley face, but behind it is Dolores depressed. And it is just the sickest camera angle I've ever seen. I completely missed that. I oh my God. I it was good writing down notes. I don't know. I'm gonna it was gorgeous. Because, like, Dolores was, like, on the phone and, like, hand-covering her face, like, oh, my God, those poor people. Like, she was so upset. But the camera angle was looking at her through the smiley face Ugh. of the Happy Time logo. It was... This I'm episode not, was a I'm little not, dark. <laughs> it was dark, but I'm not usually impressed with mm-hmm. the visuals, because that's not really the kind of show it yeah. is. But that moment, I was like, oh, hello, camera. Yeah, I think it's, like, when they do something like 
obviously I had looked away, but like if you're watching, <laughs> when you notice stuff like that that they film or they do the video differently, it's so noticeable because everything is so like mm-hmm. low key. And then yeah. the moment they like do something different, it's like really catches you. Yeah. Um, but the very last scene, George is throwing caution to the wind. She goes back to the hockey rink and meets up with the hockey player who thought she was attractive. And I just said, George, you know, you can't date live people. I know, but I still disagree with that. You can't, well, no, you can't date live people. You can. Well, that's different, but I think like, I don't, I feel like she's trying to date, you know, she just wants someone to like her. Right. And, um, yeah. So, uh, that was the end. I, uh, we made made it through we gotta stop recording at midnight (laughs) i know um who did you want to punch in the face oh god um the roxy because not usually but she was being so aggressive to daisy and there wasn't really any bad people in this episode so yeah um i picked dolores because she was not letting them have any fun All Crystal and George wanted to do was laugh about the people that were morons. And she just didn't let them. She was being a little snobby about it. She was. So, and nobody else really sucked that much. So, exactly. That's the thing is, I was like, I like Roxy. I just, I don't know. Nobody said this episode. Who's your MVP? Hmm. I feel like it has to be. Mason or Daisy. Daisy, not as much this episode. Yeah, definitely yeah. Mason. Definitely Mason. I picked Mason. Yeah, I'm I just God bless him. All right, so here's some uh, trivia for you. All right, give it to me. Lay it on me. So I already told you the three were in Stargate One. Yeah. Um, the album cover for the Churchyard album. Yeah, was an. Um, homage to John Miles. Miles, I do not know how to say his last name. I do recognize the name. Blues Breakers with Eric Clapton. Oh, that they okay. called the Beano, and uh, the magazine he was reading was Bureau, I think, in the Churchyard one. But in the okay. actual one, it says Beano. Okay. Um, and then this is a fun fact. So. It's not fun. It's dark. I'm sorry, but it's interesting. <laughs> um, so when George orders her Jane Mansfield muffins, um, I, I figured that was a person related somehow, but I had never heard of this person. She was a sex symbol from 1967, and she had she was like in a really bad car crash, and they um, always said that they assumed she was decapitated. And so that's why it's just the top of the muffin. And they call it a Jade's Manfield. Yes. But if you also notice that scene, um, it's just the top of the muffin. But and um, Mason looks at her funny when she orders it. And then when it gets sat down on the table, he is the only one who reacts to it. But because he was a druggy, oversexed kid from the 60s, he would have absolutely every idea of who James Manfield is, and he would have been the only one to get the joke. Yep. 
So that's my trivia. I was glad to have some fun trivia this this week. Anna, when um, Reggie was watching TV by herself, she was watching Nosferatu. Very nice. That was our connection for the episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's it. That's um, a wrap. I feel like we did spend an hour and a half on the first five minutes of the episode and then two minutes on the rest of the episode because we that's what. That's what happens when you're overtired and you feel like you have Adderall brain to begin with. And I just, I don't dislike this show, but I'm not getting anything from it anymore. Like they're not giving us the storyline that they've been teasing for at this point. I know. If you watch it real we, time. I mean, okay. Granted the Daisy stuff is there, but it's subtle. The yeah. root stuff is non-existent. Mason is a tease because he keeps having these really deep moments and then it's not building to anything. And right. Honestly, like we said last week, George, not important anymore. And she's not a good main character. Yeah. So, so it's just, it's so lacking right now. And I'm sure this is like the mid season dip, even though it's not quite mid season yet. Right. But like, it's, I don't know. Rough. I mean, we'll get through it. And it's, it, I don't dislike the show. Like, I'm enjoying no, it. No, it's, it's not a bad show. It's just, like, we watch these episodes and then we want to talk about them. It's, like, not a lot to talk about because not a lot, like, moved things forward. I mean, there's, like, the, you know, the comedy. But there's not, like, I mean, you, you call it the one, like, um, camera angle. But it's, like, we don't have a lot of camera angles that are yeah interesting or new. We don't have a lot of, I mean, the dialogue is fun. Yeah, but it's not moving us forward. No, I feel like all of our notes were about either really funny lines or really beautiful lines. I literally think most yeah. of my most of my notes were like about how I really liked that line. Exactly, and like like things that made us emotional about the people. But it's like, yeah. So there's emotion. So it's not a bad show because it does still give you emotions and stuff. But it's like, it seems like they fought so hard to keep the second season, and then they have, and then gone they didn't. Give, yeah. Yeah. And it's, we're a third of the way through. I agree. So that's where I'm at with it. I'm ready for it to flip around. Well, you can flip it around with us. Just kidding. That doesn't even make sense, but it's after midnight. So this is where we're at. You can follow us on all the social medias at Death and Aliens. You can follow me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. You can follow me at cecloud13. And um, yeah, we're going to go now because this is us without alcohol. So, uh, And we both have to be up early. Peace out, Girl Scouts. See ya. Bye.